Role-based access control and management can play an important role in preventing healthcare breaches involving insiders and protecting patient privacy. However, role-based access control can also be challenging for healthcare organizations to implement and manage. I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, managing editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Christopher Padron, manager of Information Systems Technology, Security Administration at PeaceHelp, a healthcare organization based in Vancouver, Washington. Christopher will be discussing how his organization is tackling role-based access control and management. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Mary Ann. Thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure. Now, to start, I understand that PeaceHelp has a hybrid role-based access environment. Can you please describe that for our listeners? Hybrid implies a mixture of automated and manual role-based access controls. At an administrative or logical level, we have well-defined and automated processes for classes of roles and also the specific needs of each sub-role, where those are needed. This is in keeping with our healthcare requirements for minimum necessary and need to know. At the operational level, we have centralized domain roles, as well as a number of legacy application-specific roles that don't align with our enterprise management solution. And it's these legacy applications that require manual role assignment and configuration. So now, Christopher, what are the biggest challenges in role-based access control and management, and how many users are in your environment? We have 13,000 employed caregivers, but at least that many affiliated partners who have access to our information, but they are not employees. So we have quite a few accounts. The biggest challenge is the time-intensive nature of provisioning and deprovisioning these accounts, especially with these legacy applications I mentioned that require configurations within each application. Healthcare has dozens of specialty services. Each seems to have their own or several purpose-defined applications, and many of them don't have mature role-based provisioning capabilities or support federated or inherited role management. The more legacy applications one has, the more time is required to set up or remove each access account. So now, how do you handle these challenges? Well, we address these challenges as we can by streamlining decision-making and workflow, pre-approved sign-off by application owners, and dividing the provisioning responsibilities across teams. We took our list of challenges to the application owners and got their buy-in to minimize the weight gates for the approval processes, the pre-authorization of certain routine assignments, and their agreement to submit online request forms that mandate completeness, which goes a long way towards meeting our service level objectives. So now, how do you determine who has access to what 
data. For instance, how do you limit access to data for nurses versus doctors versus other workers, part-time staff versus full-time or affiliated people? And how do you keep up with changes in the roles that users have? For instance, if someone gets transferred to a new department or takes a leave of absence, how is that all managed? This is a complex issue. As for deciding who has access to what, there are several levels. At the the highest level, we follow our mission-based values and the heart of HIPAA. Minimum necessary, need to know. Next, our data and application owners propose matrices of which roles need access to which sets of data. And fortunately, these role-based access control or RBAC matrices don't change very often. Still, the matrices vary from application to application, and the owners know best who needs access to what information. So human resources role is to hire into well-defined positions where the scope of access is baked into the job. This process helps curb access rights accumulation or aggregation. Information security's role, my team, is to provide and validate that these scopes of responsibilities align with PeaceHealth standards and these application templates. And our team performs the provisioning and deprovisioning. As I said, this is a time-intensive process. But narrowly defined, healthcare providers require access to a lot of information. And often both providers and nurses have different roles at different times or in different departments. So from a control perspective, there are times when access rights need to remain broader than are minimally required in order to allow appropriate access and the circumstances require it. And we can't provision deprovision for each of these roles on the fly. We then rely upon our training, the good intentions of our caregivers, and of course, our logging and auditing systems that track everything that happens with our protected health information. For our students and contractors and specialty staff, non-employees, we have additional controls and added provisioning processes. And some applications are adaptive, others are not. But as for keeping up with the changes, every access account has a review cycle. There's password aging. There's a change control process. Human resources is the gatekeeper for organizational roles, employees or not, and A change in HR mandates a change across all PeaceHealth access matrices. And at the provisioning level, we rely upon these to keep these levels appropriate. Did I mention this was a complex issue? Now, like many healthcare entities, PeaceHealth has been involved with mergers. What sort of challenges does that add to role-based access control and management For instance, how do you handle it when a new entity becomes part of your organization? Mergers are challenging. There are different systems, technologies, workflows, standards, and especially cultures. Mergers are stressful endeavors. 
mergers also present opportunities to leverage what works best. The short answer is that the bigger entity with the most people and the most established standards defines the RBAC framework. PeaceHealth has one source of truth for our domain, and all merged partners understand the requirement for a common access control standard. It may take us a few months to meld them, but we get better at integration each time. We handle merger challenges by establishing a shared pool of meaning, common expectations, and a shared vision. We're both coming together with the same objective, so we actualize a shared value. Now, what are your best tips for role-based access control and management that you think would be useful to other healthcare organizations? Well, I'm always full of advice. A few things. Uh, first, recognize that this is a global challenge, and it does not have easy, an easy or an inexpensive fix. Integrated identity access management, AIM, or identity governance solutions, they have their limitations. Many of them require web-based or Active Directory credential stores, and they don't play nice with pre-web and legacy applications. Homegrown applications are skill and resource intensive. Second, each organization needs to evaluate whether they're ready for RBAC. A lot of work goes into effective role-based management, and a lot more needs to go into the analysis process called role mining before the management part can be effective. Most RBAC initiatives fail to lack of laying the groundwork. Third, there are hard choices to make in revising whatever process you have in place, as imperfect as it may be. Executive buy-in and crucial championship of process improvement is essential. It is an axiom of IT that many projects fail. An RBAC initiative requires careful business case justification before scoping, planning, big commitments. Fourth, it's about collaboration. Bring together the application and data owners with your HR, privacy, information security, provisioning teams. Find ways to simplify every phase and step. Minimize the handoffs. Delegate authority for standard changes. Set boundaries and expectations for the process. Process owner buy-in will smooth the way for remarkable improvements, even if the improvements are incremental at first. Lastly, get or use logging capability, because accountability comes from everyone knowing that there is a trail for all access to information. Are there any other key best practices or technologies that are helping your organization with role-based access? And also, you mentioned that it's very time-intensive, the how time-intensive there are best practices. Each industry has them. It's best to ask amongst your peers for a reference to the forum, group, association, or a standards body that covers your service domain. Also, 
we can learn from the technical arena. OWASP, the Open Web Application Security Project, has a good RBAC cheat sheet. And NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technologies, has copious and free resources for RBAC, access control processes, best practices. And before all else fails, make use of Wikipedia's references. Browse through, and it'll help you narrow the scope of your web searches and start with role-based access control. Access provisioning and deprovisioning is time-intensive because unless you have an expensive, fully automated self-service provisioning solution, an individual has to look at an account. And if they don't have to make decisions, they do have to make entry selections from menus and or from options and or validate check against matrices as I had described. And when you have 13 to 30,000 employees, each one of those hand-managed um, processes takes a certain amount of time. And you multiply it times the number of changes in a given week. And it takes several people full-time employment to keep up with it. So it is a common challenge for most organizations. Thanks, Christopher. I've been speaking to Christopher Padron of PeaceHealth. I'm Marion Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. <laughs>